Welcome to Growth Hack by Poppy Digital. Tips and tricks to master the algorithms from industry insiders. Now here's your host, Julian Espinoza. Welcome back to Growth Hack, where we break down marketing channels like Google, Facebook, Instagram, and show them how to make them work for you. On this show, we usually cover the topic of the latest traffic hacks. Something we haven't talked about too much is what to do once that traffic gets there. The idea of optimizing your site to increase the percentage of users who convert into buyers is usually pushed off for the next social media hack. On this episode of Growth Hack, we've brought an expert to talk to us about conversion rate optimization and how to dip our toes in. Chris Daly is a digital marketing entrepreneur, speaker, and neuromarketer who gets excited about helping businesses learn what users want on their website using psychology-based testing and analytics. His agency, Smart CRO, is a full-service agency that helps companies run strategies to improve website profitability. Welcome, Chris. Thanks for having me on the show. Excited to chat. Yeah, this one's been, uh, we've, what, we've been planning this one for over a month now, huh? Yeah, we have. <laughs> I think my schedule was uh, in the way here. So let's just get right into it. What is conversion rate optimization? The quick explanation is it's a, it's a way of figuring out what does somebody need to see when they come to your website in order to convert. So conversion could be anything that you want someone to do on a website. It could be clicking a button. It could be buying a product. It could be filling out your lead generation form. Anything that you want someone to do on your website is a conversion. And so conversion rate optimization is the process that we go through to figure out what someone needs in order to take that conversion action. So typically we're using A-B testing on a website where we are testing two or more uh, different versions of a site simultaneously to kind of gauge customers' reactions. So for example, if you have a video on your website, we might have one version of your site that has the video and one version of the site that doesn't have the video. And then we will split traffic between those two versions and see how do people convert with the video? How do people convert without the video? What's the best experience overall for your customer? And it sounds like probably over the years, what people need in order to convert has changed. Um, have we seen a trend in a particular direction? People now need to see this versus not needing to see it 10, five years ago. Have you noticed anything like that? Things have definitely changed. So a couple of caveats that I'll put in here. Um, one of the things I love about my job is there's never a best practice. So, you know, a lot of times that's the first thing my clients will ask is, okay, you've probably worked with other people in our industry. What works? Um, and I always respond to that. Well, it depends. I have tested the same thing for, for two different companies that are in the same industry selling very similar products and seen different winners uh, because each, each company's audience is different. Their ads are different. Their brand is different. Um, the website copy is different. And all of those things play together to influence how somebody converts. Um, now, in general, to answer your question of have things changed, things have changed big time, especially in the last two years as COVID has hit and now is, is sort of, um, I guess, maturing, you might say. Uh, people's behavior has changed dramatically in the last year. Um, things that didn't matter so much a, a year or two ago uh, that really matter now are things like addressing um, addressing the elephant in the room, addressing how your business has been impacted by COVID. The other things that have really changed in the last year are there are so many more players online now. When COVID hit, 
because a lot of physical and in-store business shut down, uh, a lot of businesses had to switch to, you know, to online. And so now most businesses have more competitors online than they've ever had. And so it, the things that are really important right now and the things that I'm seeing that are increasing conversion rates for a lot of my clients are the value propositions and unique selling points that make your business better than all of the com competition that's out there. And so those are some big things, some big shifts that I've seen over the last you know couple of years, which we can talk about more. But, but I mean, yeah, definitely some, uh, I think some trends, but, but I always have to put the caveat in there. There's not like a best practice that I can just give to all companies everywhere that'll improve conversions. And I appreciate that a lot, Chris, because I think everyone who's listening or listens to podcasts like this are always trying to find, okay, what is this one secret or what is this one thing across the board? And it, I, and I don't think uh, conversion rate optimization has a monopoly on the theory that every case is different. At a core, it sounds like transparency has been a key factor in the last uh, 24 months. Does that sound about right? Yeah. In fact, um, you know, and I, I've, I've uh, talked about this a little bit um, recently. I have had several clients over the last six months uh, where we, we anticipated that because production was delayed on products, we, you know, we had to put a message on the site that said, hey, you're not going to get your product for three months or four months or six months or whatever. Um, we anticipated that conversion rates were going to drop because we had to address it. We had to tell customers that they should expect delays. However, uh, and so and so our test really was when we ran our AV test, it was how can we hurt conversion rates as little as possible, right? We know we're going to take a hit. So what's the what's the messaging that we can put up that will affect conversion rates as little as possible? Um, and so we tested adding messaging, say, you know, like pop up messaging or a little banner at the top of the site or uh, a banner on the cart page or checkout or whatever it is. Um, and the shocking thing for me has been most of the times that I have tested messaging like that, conversion rates have actually increased. Even though we're telling customers, you're not going to get your product for a while, conversion rates increase. And so those kinds of things are really mind blowing for me uh, and they're counterintuitive. And I think the part of it is that you're being transparent in your audience. It builds trust with your audience. And I think that part of it is it builds some kind of urgency for the customers because it's like, seems like wait times just keep getting longer and longer. So I better get my order in or, you know, like I, we've got a guy remodeling our, our kitchen right now. And it was like, he told me that he had some availability in two weeks and I'm like, I'll take it because if I don't take it now, I might not hear again, might not hear back from him for four months. So urgency, I think is also a big piece of that kind of transparency. Can you talk about what people can do on the small end, um, what, what's minimal, and then what's more of a larger thing that they can do to address this elephant in the room? Yeah, so, so one of the tools that I'll probably talk about throughout our discussion today is a tool called Google Optimize. I love Google Optimize. It's one of the tools I use for almost every one of my clients. It's an A-B testing tool that Google created um, that allows you to create and build A-B tests on your website. Um, and, and Google Optimize actually built, in anticipation of the question you're asking right now, Google Optimize built a feature in there to add a COVID banner to your website. So they have a feature that's like, I mean, it's, it's literally click a button. I mean, once you've installed the tool on your site, which takes about five minutes, you click a button and it will create a COVID banner template for you. You can just go in and pop in the actual verbiage that you want to say. That's a great place to start. It's a really easy place to start. 
And what I usually recommend is that if you're going to add one of those banners to your site, you might as well test it, right? So if, if you're going to put a banner that's at the top of your site or whatever that says, hey, wait times have increased, you might as well test a couple of different versions of it so that you can get a sense for does the messaging matter at all? Like maybe it's just having something there helps and it doesn't matter what it says. But usually the way that you say wait times have increased or whatever, the way that you say it has a pretty big impact on how people respond. And so one of the first things that I would probably recommend is you have one version that is like, that is more marketing message-esque. That's something like, hey, wait times have uh, increased due to COVID. Um, get your order in or get your, you know, uh, submit your lead form today so that we can get your project in our queue as, as lead times can be up to six months, right? So that, that's marketing message as where it's like trying to push them to convert. Another approach is just giving the disclaimer with no call to action, right? That says, um, it says a important update uh, due to COVID related um, delays, our projects are now taking up to six months lead time. And that's it, right? You just say, hey, by the way, these things, we have a six month lead time, or if you're selling a product, uh, products may ship in as much as two to four weeks um, because of COVID, right? So in, in those two approaches, it's, do we use this message to push them to convert or do we just give them the info and let them do with it what they will? That's a great test. That's a great starting point. And that's actually pretty low barrier in terms of uh, the time it takes to build something like that. Right. If you use Google Optimize, like I recommended, and you click on there, use a, you know, add a COVID banner to my site, they're just going to pop one up for you. And it should take five to 10 minutes to write up two different messages here. So you can actually have an A-B test launched and on your site very quickly with two different variations and see how people respond. The notes I'm taking is going beyond this page. I know our users want to know. Talk to us. What is Google Optimize? Can you give us a quick one-minute explanation of what that is and how to get that done? Yeah, so Google Optimize, uh, like I mentioned, it's it's an A-B testing tool. So if you use Google Analytics on your site, which pretty much everybody does, this is just an additional script that you can add to your site. And so once you've added this script to your site, I mean, it literally is as easy to install as Google Analytics is. It takes five minutes to install. But, but what Google Optimize will do is... You can go in and say, build an A-B test for my homepage. And what it does is it will load up your homepage into an editor that Google Optimize has. And then it will let you go in and play around with, with stuff on your site. So you can hover over elements on your site. So you can hover over your video. And then what Google Optimize does is it essentially just creates a copy of your homepage with whatever changes that you've made. So you make one version that removes your video. Then what Google Optimize will do is half of the people that come to your website will see your current site the way that it is. And half of the people will see this version with no video. And Google will just, will just remove the video for you. So your site will load up and then Google removes that video from the page. And, uh, and so it's a really great way of testing changes on your site to see how it will impact uh, conversion rates before you actually do things. So a lot of times I talk to clients who are in the process of like doing a big website redesign. And website redesigns are um, notoriously expensive. They always seem easier than they really are. I mean, anyone who's done a website redesign knows 
your developer and designer are going to tell you it's going to take three months. And in reality, it's going to take you nine months to actually launch this website redesign. Right. I mean, it always takes two to three times as long as you think it will take. And my experiences, website redesigns, a lot of times don't actually even have that big of an impact on conversion rates. And so what I tell my clients a lot of times is, hey, look, if you're going to go through this long, ridiculous, drawn out process for website redesign, let's first just test the new design. Like, let's test some of the concepts from the new design. Let's see whether or not it's going to have an impact. If we're redesigning our site because we think it's going to improve conversions, Let's test the concept inside of Google Optimize before we actually build it on the site. Because Google Optimize can change a lot of stuff on the site really easily. Um, and, and you can test it, see if it works. And if it does work, then you can go through the whole long drawn out process of redesigning. But if it doesn't work, and I've, for clients recently, I have tested new home pages, new product page designs, and they perform exactly the same as the current site design. And in that case, it's like, oh, well, let's just save ourselves some time and money and let's not build this out. Like, why would we build it out if it's going to perform exactly the same? Unless we have to, right? Unless you're like, you have a big rebrand or you're launching new products on the site, you have to redesign the site. I mean, unless there's something that is compelling you to change the site, Google Optimize is a great way of testing out some changes and seeing how people respond to them before you actually develop something onto your website. Switching back to the pandemic. So we, we've talked about banners. We've talked about wait times. Is there anything else that you've seen outside of wait times that people are addressing how COVID has affected the business? The only other things that, that, um, that I've seen that will like affect wait times is things like if you have had to change your product somehow, right? So if, if let's say that you have return customers and you've changed the materials, the sourcing, whatever, right? So so something that actually customers really like is if, if your business has been affected by COVID and you've had to switch things from overseas to made in the USA, that's something that's great to address. Hey, we are now hundred percent made in the USA due to, due to the pandemic. Um, people love that kind of stuff. Uh, if you can give them some, some transparency into what changes you've made with your business itself. But I mean, wait times are the things that I think, uh, I, I have seen the biggest impact from in terms of like in, in terms of specifically calling attention to COVID. The other thing though, that I mentioned before that I think is really important is um, so, you know, when COVID first hit, there was a huge influx of traffic. Most businesses saw record breaking numbers in terms of like new business, new traffic, but that hasn't really persisted. A lot of my clients have seen conversion rates either come back down to pre-pandemic levels or even drop below pre-pandemic levels. And it's even harder to convert people now. But what I have seen is you have to address your unique selling propositions early on in your website experience. So I just talked to a client yesterday where I looked at one of their pages on their site. Actually, I looked at their homepage and they were asking me, um, I was talking to them about value proposition and I looked at like the above the fold version, the above the fold part of the site without scrolling down, what was the value proposition on the homepage? And there was nothing there. It was just like, here's who we are and here's a call to action, but there was no reason to use them. It was just like, here's the name of our product and here's a call to action to go shop. And so my feedback to them was, we need to get a value proposition front and center on our website. We need to tell people because 
if people have a dozen different options to choose from and they come to your website, they're not going to spend a ton of time digging for a reason to buy your product. If you don't give them a reason quickly on the website, a lot of times they're just going to leave and they're going to find some kind of alternative. And so we need to be using our unique selling propositions, things like what are, are the quality of our products, the customer um, reviews that we have that talk about the experience, whatever it is that makes your product or service great. We have to address those. Like as soon as someone gets to the site, they should be able to find a unique selling proposition within five seconds. Is this for small companies or only big companies? This is for any kind of company. So whatever stage you're at, you need to be doing testing like this. Um, a lot of times I hear small businesses uh, shelf A-B testing uh, for a few different reasons. One is it sounds really hard or it sounds like it's going to take a lot of time. Another reason is they'll say, oh, well, we'll, we'll start testing once we get a lot of traffic. But the problem is like the traffic game, once you, once you jump into the black hole of marketing and of generating traffic, you never come out of that black hole. Because it's like, okay, we're going to launch our ad campaigns. Um, and, and then we'll do some A-B testing. But then you launch your ad campaigns and it's like, well, wait, hold on. Now we need to optimize our ad campaigns because we have all this stuff. So then you spend three months optimizing your ad campaigns. Well, wait, now we have this new promotion that we need to advertise. So now let's get the promotion into our ad, uh, our ad campaigns. You get the promotion. I mean, and before you know it, it's two or three years down the road and you haven't done any A-B testing. And it's constantly this thing that you're putting on the shelf. And so you need to start it as soon as possible because you want to start learning this kind of stuff as soon as possible. The other reason is it's so easy to start, uh, start creating a lot of um, biases if you don't test. So a lot of times I'll start working with clients that are doing really well. Like they're converting, they have high conversion rates, um, they have really great customer feedback or whatever. And because they're doing so well, they'll say, oh, well, we know what works well on our website. And I'll say, well, how do you know that? I'll say, well, we launched this big update that had all these new features and our conversion rates went up. And I'll say, well, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> maybe your conversion rates were going to go up anyways. Or maybe you launched this big update and maybe two of the changes that you made were really positive and maybe two of them were negative. Right, and maybe you could have increased conversion rates even more if you hadn't have launched two of those updates. Right, but but we end up creating a lot of biases when we see success, and you can prevent a lot of those biases by testing early on. And so, if you're a small company, start with a small test. Start with just a simple test like a COVID messaging test, and test one or two different versions of a COVID message. If you're a big company, then maybe you want to test you know, four or five or six different versions of a page. Um, but no matter where you're at, you should start testing as early as you possibly can. And usually what I recommend to my clients is if you're going to like, if you're going to do it yourself, just set aside an hour every month, like on the first Friday of the month, because no one ever does things on Fridays. So on the first Friday of every month from 10 to 11 AM, you're going to build an a build and launch an AB test. And just like that sacred time you set aside, you're going to do it every month and just get some stuff going and you'll be shocked at the amount of impact it has. It sounds like a lot of this uh, bias is false positives or false negatives. And 
you're you're making decisions based on the wrong information when you thought it was the right information. Yo, yeah, and and to add to that, I mean, a lot of times some of the false information you get is actually customer feedback because customers might say they want something on your website. I actually I had a um, a a uh, case study I did a while back where we did a uh, we did a focus group and we showed them two different versions of a page of a landing page and we asked the focus group to tell us which one they liked better and so we'll just call it version a versus version b the focus group told us that they liked version a better it's like 75 percent of the respondents told us they liked version a then we ran the a b test and version b performed better it converted better and so your customers might tell you that they like something they might tell you that they want something but a lot of times they don't actually even know until they're in the actual scenario, in the purchase mindset and trying to make a decision. All of a sudden, all of their rational judgment goes out the window and all the stuff that they told you doesn't, doesn't, isn't actually relevant anymore. So that's one of the biggest biases that I see is I'll have my clients tell me, oh, well, our customers told us that they like seeing other customer reviews. And so we've put customer reviews everywhere on our site. Um, and so you take this one small piece of feedback and you make these universal changes based on it. I think I hear a lot of businesses saying, my customers have told me X, Y, and Z, which is great. And, and we'd love to hear that. Like, I'd love to hear that. I don't think there's anything wrong with collecting that. But don't make decisions based on a cu- an individual customer's feedback. What you want to do is you want to test and and look at buying behaviors, not feedback post-sale. That's really what's going to move the needle when it comes to conversions. Does that sound about right? Oh, yeah. Well, in fact, what I usually recommend to my clients is if you get some customer feedback that says, hey, I want this feature. Hey, this is hard for me on the website. Use that to inform um, a, a test. If you get some feedback from a, from a customer that says they want something, don't just implement and test what they said they wanted. Use their idea and expand on it and say, let's test four or five different possibilities here. And we'll use this customer's feedback as one possibility. But assuming that they're wrong and maybe they're not representative of, of all of our customers, let's try some other options as well. And that way you get a much better learning from your test instead of just like, you know, getting some tunnel vision on and thinking that if you do exactly what your customers say, that you're going to get good results. Man, Chris, this has been a great episode. We learned about pandemics. We learned about things to pay attention to. We learned that consumers, uh, our customers are lying to us. (laughs) I mean, this is an amazing episode. I hope people go back, rewind and listen to this stuff. This is, this is absolutely really, really key. This comes down to the sort of like awareness, right? It's like, you're not aware that you're making decisions based on the wrong information. And so I think this is creating some foundation that you can make decisions on the right information and not on the wrong information. I think that's, that's the biggest thing I've taken away. So this was a masterclass. Thank you for, for, for doing this on my show. I really appreciate it. How, how does someone engage you? Yeah, so I mean, I work with um, a lot of different types of companies. Um, you know, if, if 
if someone's an e-commerce business, e-commerce is such an easy um, place to do conversion rate optimization. Um, but, but typically what I do is if someone goes to my website, which is uh, smart-cro.com, um, I have a form on there that someone can fill out. And usually what I'll do is I'll jump on a quick 30-minute call and do a quick conversion audit. So we'll get an idea of how much traffic uh, is a company generating, how many conversions are they generating. We'll take a look through the site and kind of assess the opportunity to improve conversions. And then depending on how that initial audit goes, uh, you know, then then I'll put together kind of a, a custom proposal for companies. And so um, that's usually the first step for me is if someone wants to kind of get a sense for what would it look like to to engage with me? Um, you know, I personally work with all of my clients, so I'm not like a, a big agency that pawns people off on some uh, schmuck that I just hired out of college. Um, and so so I personally work with all of my clients. I, I speak with all my clients on a weekly basis. And so, um, you know, I, I'd be happy to do an audit for anybody who's interested in kind of seeing what the next steps might look like. Thanks, Chris. What, what's the website again? It's smart-cro.com.